And we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. And you know what day it is. It's Tuesday. You know the and drill. you know what month it is. <laughs> October. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's uh, it's our first time doing a podcast in October. Fun fact. <laughs> so, that's pretty cool. Uh, happy Halloween month. You know, we're pretty amped for the spooky season. Brand and happy guy. fall, too. Because, like, I went outside today and it actually felt like fall. Like, I yep. remember texting you the other day saying, hey, do you think the ball f- fall vibes are here? And you're like, not quite yet. But for me, like at least in Dallas, yeah, like, yeah, it's fall. And I kind of yeah. like it. I kind of like this part of fall. That and that's exactly the answer I, I would figured I'd uh, get out of you because I feel like in Dallas the weather the weather is a lot cooler in Dallas. It's, it's actually crazy. It's only a four hour drive, but the weather changes like pretty drastic. It's kind of funny, but um, yeah, here in Houston the days are still very humid, very humid, but uh. It's only what sixty nine degrees right now. Yeah, it's yeah, sixty nine degrees. So sixty eight over here. Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting there. You know, we're getting there. It's filling. The weather's nice. I I could sit outside in this weather all day and never get hot or cold. So I love it. Um, but yeah, you guys know the drill. Um, it's Tuesday. Happy Spooky Month. Um, to respect y'all's time as well as you know our own, just to. You know, have a, a mutual respect here. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get started. We're just going to go ahead and get started, guys. There's not much to talk about today. Not that it's unimportant. It's very important, but there's just not much. Um, yeah. So by that, I mean we're going to be talking about Venom, which you knew was coming. You know, we, we talked about that last episode. We got a Venom review. And then um, I'm going to go a little bit into, like, No Time to Die, why it's important, why uh, you should watch it and check it out. And then, honestly, guys, that's it for pop culture. You know, Brandon, he'll go into a sports real quick, and then that's our episode. Like, we're just going to completely, like, keep it short and sweet and simple and just respect y'all's time as well as our own. Um, so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to knock that out knock that out of the pack. <laughs> so, uh, but before we do anything, as always, Brandon and I just want to say thank you. Thank you guys so much. Like, I know we always sound like a broken record saying thank you, but uh, thank you guys just for uh, making our dream, honestly, a reality. Like, just being able to put this out on platforms and for people to listen to it. Because, like, I hear encouragement here and there from students here and then my family and friends, like, saying that they listen. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. Y'all are our literal dream come true of having an audience, even if it's just one, as we always say. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. Wow. That was really well said. Yeah, it is a, it is a dream come true. And it's, it's not because of us. It's because of y'all, you know, it's because of uh, what y'all do to us, which is just support us and listen to us uh, every episode. And for that, we are forever, forever grateful. And not only that, but forever loyal, you know, we're going to continue to pump out awesome content for you guys. Um, But let's get right on into it. Let's do it. So Venom, Venom came out this weekend as a movie watcher. Uh, I was I was excited because, you know, I heard the hype of the end credit scene. As a movie theater employee, it was probably the hardest day of work since I've worked at the theater. Wow. Yep. Really? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made over twenty thousand dollars in tickets alone. Wow, which is post COVID is like the it's like hitting the jackpot. So don't even get me started on concessions. But uh, it was that insane, dude. It's incredible. So that means is that so that is that good? Like outside of COVID? Yes, actually, outside of COVID, that's still very well. Like if if uh, I I don't know I I know the last update that I, my employees yelled out was that uh, Venom had made thirty million in the box office, you know before COVID for a for a superhero film that's that's still pretty good, um, yeah, yeah. but post COVID that's like Avengers Endgame level right there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> as as yeah, far as post COVID goes, like how much of an increase that is, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, it's it's been wild, but. It's it was a huge day, and then the Adams Family is a kids movie that uh, the Adams Family too also came out and and you combine a kids movie with a superhero movie superhero movie and like that's a theater employee's nightmare. I mean, we had Shang Chi and Paw Patrol, and that was like the worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> like actually, not a clean not a clean nor empty theater. You know, everyone we had to do a lot of cleaning, but. Now let me now let me ask before we dive more into it. So yes, did, yes. So opening weekend, did Venom perform better or worse for Shang Chi? That's a great question. So, uh, if we if you look at the Venom opening weekend box office, like the if you crunch the numbers, uh, compared to you said Shang Chi. Yes. So Venom made ninety million box wow. office, which is really 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 good. Like post COVID, yeah, that's insane. And then, but uh, Shang Chi made two hundred million. Wow, uh, which is like the highest grossing since the pandemic, and that's that kind of makes. I mean, you're about you're what you're a hundred you're hundred and ten million off, which is a lot of money. But like, we're talking about Venom, uh, a villain of Spider Man's, so it's kind of it's way more deep into the superhero lore than Shang Chi, which is a. Uh, like an origin story for a character that's going to be around for a while. And he's the main character. Like Venom's not the main character. Well, that makes sense. So it, the numbers add up, but still that's great. Like, although it, it was, uh, it didn't gross as much as Shang-Chi for some reason, this round of like the box office just felt like it hit way harder. So maybe, maybe it depends on the area that people live into here in Texas. You've got some characters, and so, obviously, Venom uh, is going to uh, it's going to strike a chord in their hearts. Like, oh, I like I like Tom Hardy and Venom. Very funny compared to like Shang Chi. Um, so that that probably does a lot of explaining, at least where I'm from, my demographic. But great question, Brandon. Um, so, is the movie good? Is the movie good? You know, Venom. It made all this money. It's got that post credit scene that's noteworthy if you're a Marvel fan. Is the film good? And the film, it's not it's not horrible, you know. There were a lot of things I liked about the film. I appreciated the ninety minute pacing. I didn't feel like it drug or dragged out too long. Um, oh, you feel it drug out too long? It it did not. No. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I ninety think that's minutes. What they were going with that. I think that's what they were going thinking of. Not people like you. I don't want to say that, but like uh, people like yourself who don't like movies being dragged out you know yeah like getting bored and i feel like like from what i've heard there hasn't been a lot of boredom from this movie 
Yeah, it's fun. So funny. Yeah, that's perfect because I love, I do love like long slow burns like Zodiac and like The Master and Boogie Nights, like all, a bunch of Paul Thomas Anderson and some David Fincher film. Like, but it's kind of like the artsier slow burns. I'm not a huge fan of like Marvel slow burns that are two hours long. So I want my superhero movies to be short and to the point. So you're right. Um, as well as like my, uh, like my newer A24 films. So it's like Zola and like the Green Knight. But that's that's another talking point. Point is, it's Venom is 90 minutes. So you got a 30-minute beginning, 30-minute middle, 30-minute end. Pretty cool. Like, I like that. I really appreciate that and really respect it. And it was directed by Andy Serkis. So if, if no one is familiar with Andy Serkis, he is the guy who played uh, Schmeagel and Gollum. Mm-hmm. And Lord of and the he was also in the he's also in the MCU. He plays uh, Claw, I think. Yes, yes, he plays Claw, and he's in Star Wars too. Mm. Uh, I don't know who he plays, but he is in Star Wars. Um, oh, he plays uh, not Darth Plagueis, but uh, Snoke. He plays Snoke. Yes, and he also is in a Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He's yep. he plays Caesar throughout the trilogy. Right. So Andy Circus, he's, I mean, he's he's got it going, you know, he's got it going on. Um, he he's been he let's just say he's familiar with the film world, right? Because he's in, he's in some of the biggest movies of all time, yeah. obviously, namely Lord of the Rings, playing like potentially the most well-known especially character, science in fiction, especially science fiction. Mm-hmm. Perfectly said, perfectly said. So how did he do? How did he do? He did well. He did okay. The shots, uh, you know, for a new, it's not, he, it's not, I guess I was not a first time director because he did Mowgli, uh, Breathe and Animal Farm before this, but like this is obviously his biggest film. The shots were okay. You know, I didn't have too much, I didn't have a serious problem with the cinematography. The editing was, of course, a little choppy. It could have been fixed. Um, and the soundtrack was kind of weird too. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a weird timing for music to be playing right now. But, you know, how was Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy is he kills it like always. It's it's very rare to see Tom Hardy not kill it. In fact, I probably couldn't give you an instance where he doesn't. Um, so Tom Hardy was great. I really enjoyed him. I, I've never been the biggest Woody Harrelson guy, but he didn't completely kill the movie for me. I just find his character kind of cringe for some reason. Like the characters he plays, I I just find them like funny. I don't know, but he's also from Texas, so I love him. Uh, Woody Harrelson. He did. He was not a huge issue for me. I think the biggest issue was just sitting there wondering why. Why is this film like? Why did we make this? What's going on? Did we need a Venom two? I mean, Andy Circus, I respect you for stepping up to the plate, but did we need you? And the overall answer was no. So I I don't think this film. It's not worth. You know, the only reason it's worth your money, right? It's because we love Tom Hardy here on the show. We love Andy Serkis. He's a sweet man. You know, he's played the, I would argue the most iconic character in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, And then he's been in the two other biggest film franchises, which is Marvel and uh, Star Wars. Actually, those are bigger, I would argue as well than Lord of the Rings. Like more people probably know about Marvel and Star Wars than, or have seen one of the, one of their movies in Lord of the Rings. And so that being said, Andy Serkis is a familiar face. He's like an uncle or a brother, you know, he, and the, and you want to support him. So if you want to go out and support him and give him, give him your money, I don't think that's a crazy idea at all. Thumbs up to you. Go and do it. 
I just, as far as film goes, it's it's a skippable movie. Okay, so uh, for my personal preference, I would say skip this movie. Now, the end credit scene. I I was debating, do we want to talk about it? Do we not want to talk about it? I, I think it's best if we don't, just because we don't want to spoil anything. Um, People can I, always skip, though, if we yeah, warn that, them. <laughs> that is So here, here's, here's my proposition to that, Brandon. Let's talk about it Thursday. Bet. Okay. Let's, yeah, give, let's them, give people more time. Yeah. So today you're listening to this on a Tuesday. We're going to give, so you have all of Tuesday, you have all of Wednesday and all of Thursday. Well, all of Tuesday and all of Wednesday. And depending on when you listen to Thursday's episode, you have all of Thursday. Let's say you listen to it Friday. Let's say you listen to it Saturday. You have all of Friday too. Basically, if you don't want it to be spoiled, we're going to talk about it Thursday, so you can either skip through it or you can see it ahead of time and then play it. And obviously, we encourage you to uh, listen along with us. But if you have to skip it, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the end credit scene because it is important as far as the MCU goes. Yes. Um, so awesome stuff there. But yeah, that's it, guys. Venom. It's a skippable movie. I enjoyed the film. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't. I enjoyed what Andy Serkis does because I love Andy Serkis, but had it been any other director, I would have probably been mm-hmm. bashing this film harder. Mm-hmm. Um, well, th- this is one thing that I'd like to uh, not argue because I haven't seen the film yet, and you're saying it's skippable, which I understand. I kind of see Sony, so this is not a spoiler at all. It's obvious what Sony's doing here. So if we look, if we turn back the clock just a little bit, Sony was thinking about taking the rights of Spider-Man away from the MCU. Right. And people forget because a lot of people are like, oh, that's so dumb. He needs to be in the MCU. You know? Yeah. But why did they try to do that? And I'll tell you why. It's because they're wanting to do they're wanting to make their own cinematic universe with Sony Sony Marvel. That's what they were wanting to do. And then MCU Marvel was like, okay, Let's just do, let's just work around this. You could do your own projects, but let's collaborate on certain ones. And they were like, okay, let's do it. Shook hands. It was done. Yeah. But this is what Sony's trying to do. Sony's, Sony is trying to set up their own cinematic universe because they want to make money. And like y'all have probably been seeing in the rumors, it's really not even a spoiler anymore. Spider-Man Far Away From Home or No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be just as big, if not bigger, than Avengers Endgame. Oh, because yeah. it's like well, it's basically facts now that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in the movie. It pretty it, much, yeah. It's, it's like fact. pretty much a fact, yeah. Because there's been so too many leaks. There's just too much, way too much to say that they're not. And if they're not, I'm sure the movie's still going to be great. There's still former villains in there, so they'll have that at least. But regardless. It's going to be an action-packed movie. And I think Venom, along with Moon Knight and uh, other series that they're making, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's one where... Oh, it's, it's uh, Morbius. 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 Yeah. Yes. Morbius and Moon Knight. They're trying to make their own MCU for the Sony for the Sonyverse. That's what they're trying to do. And we might see something big. So, like, if we see... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, like if we see uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come back, 
Sony might offer them a contract saying, hey, come back and let's just finish where y'all left off and just give the fans some, uh, like, love, you know? Yeah. Let's just give it, give them something that they'll like and they'll agree because they'll see the money that this Spider-Man No Way Home is going to bring. Oh, yeah. You know, that Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm predicting this right now and I know I'm not the uh, entertainment guy in this podcast, but I will predict Spider-Man No Way Home will bring everybody back to theaters. Yeah. Like, I know we're already starting to see it a little bit with Shang-Chi and Venom now and then probably 007 next week. That's great. But we're going to see numbers like we did with Endgame with Spider-Man No Way Home. And then that's when the cinematic uh, experience is going to be fully back when Spider-Man No Way Home comes comes out yep i agree i and and so so i went on this long tangent to basically say yes i think this venom movie these venom movies because there's been two of them now i think they're skippable on their own but and the sony sony is trying to sony is trying to connect their stories, kind of like what the MCU did. So if you remember, it started out with Iron Man, then Captain America, then Thor, then Iron Man 2, and then they made a big movie together. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just getting all these movies up, and then they're going to do Spider-Man versus Venom, kind of like what uh, Marvel did with, uh, what do you call it? What's it called? Uh with uh, Civil War, where it was Iron Man versus Captain America, and uh, what the what DC did, Batman versus Superman. You yeah. know, they might try to do something like that because that is like, like that is inevitable. That happens in the comics so many times, and it's pretty inevitable. Inevitable now because they're building up this Venom character who's really just a villain in Spider Man mm-hmm. movies. So I definitely think they're doing something special with these Venom movies, and I think they're just necessary story points that they want to cross before uh, doing a huge project. That and that's a good point, Brandon. Actually, that's an incredible point, and you there's a lot of truth to that because these movies are for people like yourself, Brandon, who are uh, true Marvel fans. Like the, the, that's these Venom movies and Morbius and Moonlight. Like those movies are made for you guys to get a deeper backstory on the characters, to introduce you to some, to a bigger picture. They're not for, you know, they're not necessarily for me. It doesn't make them bad movies. It doesn't make them good movies. It doesn't make them, it makes them whatever you want to be, you know? Um, but that's a great point. Like this, those movies are for a certain audience and are they fulfilling the audience well enough? And I've talked to some Marvel loving buddies of mine. Um, they kind of felt the same way that this movie was unnecessary, but uh, the end credit scene got them hype, so that's good. But uh, yeah, so Venom, skip it if you want to see it. See it for Andy Circus because we love him. See it for Tom Hardy because we love him. Um, so yeah. All right, James Bond. Woo! James Bond has a new movie called No Time to Die. Um, comes out this weekend. We're definitely going to be seeing it. It's projected to hit a hundred million opening weekend, which I don't think is a bad prediction at all. Um, should you see this film? And my answer is yes, tenfold. I, I you you have to see this film because this is the last movie that Daniel Craig will be James Bond. 
Wow. And I don't know. I think that there's rumors of Idris Elba being James Bond, but he's kind of old now. Like, not old, but uh, Daniel Craig was a good age when he started playing Bond. And I think Idris Elba, Idris Elba would just be a little too old to start a role all over, start the role all over again. Yeah. I love Idris Elba. If I, I think they're Idris... gonna, I think respectively, I think they're gonna wait a little bit before they start making a new Bond series. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I would love to see Idris Elba, but I think they're gonna go with someone younger. Uh, I I bet you they'd go with maybe Tom Hardy that we just talked about. You know, he's he's a British actor. He's fairly young right now. You know, fairly young. Um, I could see him as a Bond. He would look. He would be great as a James Bond. Uh, personally, my favorite actor of all time, I'd love to see Robert Pattinson, but he's just, Robert Pattinson is, the reason I think he's the greatest is because he doesn't take those franchise roles. Obviously, he started with Twilight before you, you know, start typing in the comments, and I know that, but after Twilight, what has he done that's been a franchise? It's nothing. Plus, he's already got his hands tied with the Batman coming up. So, yeah. and there's plenty of uh, spinoffs that are coming with that mm-hmm. Batman. So. Yeah, they've already confirmed the the Riddler's getting his own show on That's HBO Max. I know Paul Dano. So, um, you know, the first James Bond film came out in 1962 called Doctor No. Uh, then you have you know other notable films. The the most notable ones that people my age and our age would might would potentially know. Um, would be License to Kill, which was 1989, which is kind of known as one of those older Bonds films, and then Goldeneye, which is 1995. Um, th- those two films are kind of the older ones, and they're a lot, they're pretty darn big. Mm-hmm. Um, but before Daniel Craig came onto the scene, we had Die Another Day, which came out in 2002. But and then we had kind of a research, you know, Daniel Craig's the new Bond, and they completely switched up. The Bond films, as far as like advertising goes, and as far as um, aesthetic, they're a lot darker, but they have the same detective fun thrill. So you got Daniel Craig, a new James Bond in 2006 with Casino Royale. Fun film. I've seen it. Had a good time. Uh, I don't think it's as good as everyone says it is. I I don't. I'm not a huge James Bond fan, but I, I understand the importance of James Bond films. I had a fun time with Casino Royale. Then you got, you know, two years later, Quantum of Solace. And then four years later, you've got Skyfall, Woo. which is an incredible film. What? So go ahead and finish the uh, film. Well, three years later, you got Spectre, which <laughs> left a pretty bad taste in a lot of people's mouths as far as James Bond film, films go. And then we were supposed to get No Time to Die in 2019, which was four years later. And then we were supposed to get it in 2020. And now we're getting it in 2021, you know, so we are, we are just four years shy of a 10 year gap between the films, Wow, which is pretty crazy, you know, just six years. Um, But no time to die. Daniel Craig's last role. It's iconic. I think you should go see it. I think and the praise it's getting is pretty good. It's that it's a pretty good film. It's flawed. Every Bond film is flawed. But uh, no time to die is is, is an epic send off to Daniel Craig, so that's I'm just kind of I'm just kind of going through it, you know. I think we should all see it together as a as a podcast family, um, you know, we so we can all talk about it, and we want you guys to see it. So, 
that's kind of like my hype up for uh, James Bond coming up. And that's all I have to say today. Brandon, what were you, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I wanted to ask uh, just to reflect. Uh, what are So have you seen most of the Bond films? I've seen a few of them. Gotcha. Not too uh, out of the ones that you've seen, which ones are your favorites? Definitely Casino Royale because I love gambling. Okay. So <laughs> it kind of <laughs> it hits different. Um, but uh, not Spectre. Sorry, Skyfall. Dude, Skyfall is a glorious film. Really? Okay. So it, it, I don't know, dude. That's a great question. What about you? Do you have a favorite? I honestly, like I, what you were saying about Spectre, it kind of tussled my strings a little bit. I was oh. like, oh, I really do like. I really do like Spectre. Sure. I like the uh, I like the secret society. I, I think there's just more deeper meaning to it than people see it as. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of uh, euphemisms in it. Like they yeah. Because there's you know like we all know that there's conspiracies out there that there's secret societies out there like controlling things like the mafia. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what that movie dealt with. Like it was dealing with the Spectre moth- mafia. Okay. And I thought. Okay, I did think the girl, the Bond girl, this time around was a little trendy, uh, not trendy, cringy. She just wasn't. Fair enough. Uh, she wasn't the best, but I liked her. I liked her story. I liked how she was connected with all, with all of it. If y'all haven't seen it, but I also liked uh, because there was more of a personal tone with this movie with James Bond because mm-hmm. this James Bond was was adopted when he was a child into this family. And I can't tell you, I don't have my notes. I don't, I don't have uh, what kind of family he was in, but his brother-in-law or not brother-in-law. Yeah. His brother-in-law or his uh, step, you know, whatever you call it, like the brother of his brother, his father adopt, adopted him. I know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how to say it, but um, like his brother was sabotaging him in the movie and he was connected with all of the stuff behind the scenes and I liked this movie because it connected all the other deaths and everything bad that's ever happened to James Bond like this franchise is James Bond it connected all of it from this one guy True. so that it was him that was uh, really behind all of it Yeah, and it was just I thought that was just cool that it ended up being family and not just some random dude in a chair you know yeah and I like the I like the aesthetic of it. I like all the places that they go. I liked that it went from snowy mountaintops to the desert. So I, I thought that was cool. But it, it's definitely I haven't seen other Bond films. That's the only Bond film I've seen. But I really did like it a bunch. Have you? Did you see it? So I didn't see uh, Spectre. I just know out of all my friends and reviewers that I follow that have seen it, they they told me it wasn't. A very good film. It was kind of a miss in the Bond series, um, but you know, I, maybe they're just looking at it too harshly. Yeah. Because you you do look at films from kind of a kinder perspective. Yeah. Oh, I definitely do. Especially if I go into it with a uh, open heart. Like I went into the movie, like, oh, okay, this is a James Bond film. It's going to be good. It's James Bond. Like it's been with us like four right. generations now. Oh yeah. You know. So I so I came in hyped up with it. So yeah, that that's definitely a good uh, point. But I I recommend watching it if like if you haven't seen it. Like it's I liked it and 
there might be better ones out there, but I like what I saw, like, I think it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's good. Okay. Well, I would definitely check it out. Actually, that gets me pretty hype. I know I own the film, so that's good. I know I own it. I just have not seen it. Um, but yeah, I will, I will definitely check it out. Well, Hey, thanks for input, Brandon. Wow. That was actually a lot of good, a lot of good input <laughs> from you. I, I'm glad to get you involved because I, Sometimes I can it can just be me talking about <laughs> film, so it was good to have uh, your input, really. Yeah. Uh, but that's us. That's it for me. That's it for me as far as film goes, you guys. It's gonna be a, a, a lot of smooth sailing. You know, Venom. I say skip. Only see it for any circus, and then No Time to Die. I say go watch. Uh, we'll discuss that. Um, and then we got the last duel, which I'm very excited for. Which I will be probably getting a little more. You know, I will have a lot more energy. And be a little more amped for. And then after that, we got Dune, French Dispatch, uh, Last Night in Soho. Um, so pumped for those. So uh, I'm going to, you know, those are the ones I'm really pumped for that I'm going to be really passionate and talk about. So I'm very excited to uh, to get to those. But yeah, No Time to Die. Just got to get past No Time to Die this weekend. Then we'll get some banger films. And this film is a banger, but banger films that, I, uh, that I'm either going to love or hate that I can tell. So a lot of films yeah. coming out in October. Uh well, that's it for me, Brandon. What do we got? Well, first of all, uh, this was a great segment. I know it was a little shorter with uh, entertainment today, but uh, like I like that. That was really cool. Like I, I look forward to having more of these where we could just talk in depth about one, yeah, one or two films. So that yeah. was really cool. But uh, sports, um, it was a big weekend as we told y'all, but. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it did not live up to the hype as much as we thought it would. We thought Arkansas and Georgia was going to be close. It wasn't. It was (laughs) 37-0. For real, we were like, you know, Arkansas might pull this out. but Yeah, and then Ole Miss got spanked by Alabama. But there was one game that was really close. Towards the end, it was Notre Dame and Cincinnati. And I just wanted to talk about, like, and I've been rambling about it on my other podcast uh, with Relevant and uh, is about Cincinnati. Cincinnati just pulled something huge. They are, like, I know this for a fact because um, I'm a Houston fan and I know the history of the college football playoff because I've been a big fan of college football throughout this time when there's been a playoff. Cincinnati just became the highest ranked team in the group of five ever. Mm-hmm. Like the highest ranked team in the group of five ever. So in 2016, Houston got all the way to number six in the polls. And then they would lose to Navy and then yada, yada, yada. Y- y'all probably hear it from me all the time if you know me well <laughs> about U of H football. But that's the highest they got was number six. Cincinnati just got to number five. And what's so huge about it now is that number three and number four, Iowa and Penn State, play each other this weekend. So if Cincinnati wins, uh, as far as the Associated Press rankings go, they're in the top four. And that wow. is just crazy to think. Like, I know you hear Cincinnati. It's a pretty big city, you know. Yeah. But it they've gone along with Houston – other schools, they got screwed over by the big twelve, the, the Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. and and for 
Cincinnati to be able to do this, like it's going to be something to watch. And it's I'm definitely going to be rooting for them. They are in Houston's conference, and if Houston ends up going to the conference championship, we will play them. But I will be from here on out because uh, I think we can all agree that the NCAA is a little flawed in their ways. They're a little corrupt sometimes with how they do things. They just looked over the fact that um, that like this, which is and they made that rule at the beginning, and it was just stupid that they can't make money off of their likeness. Like they can't, like for instance, a few years ago, UCF kicker made a YouTube channel and he was monetizing uh, money. Like he was making money off of his videos and the NCAA was like, Hey, you can't do that. You're our property. Like you're, you're a property of the NCAA. You can't make money off of your likeness. Yeah. And gosh, and that's like, I'm not going to point fingers, not making big, uh, hot takes but that is that is not good that is not good for human rights or anybody's rights like that's ridiculous humans should be able to make money off of their likeness and that changed this year and we're starting to see that the ncaa is changing a little bit but it's good to see that cincinnati might be able to slap them in the face and be like hey y'all made the system to uh Make us outliers, you know? Yeah. Being like, hey, we're just going to beat y'all out. And we're just going to do things on our own. So. Watch it. And just to give a little uh, spiel about the rest of their season, how their path can get there. They're going to have to win, obviously. And they're going to have to win convincingly. Against the bad teams at least because if there's good teams that they're playing they just beat him then there's no issue with it so like temple for instance they're three and two you got to beat them pretty bad and then since uh, then ucf ucf is two and two you got to beat them out the water navy they're bad too you got to beat them out of water and when i say out of the water 15 plus points yeah and then uh cincinnati tulane you got to be tulane out of tulsa South Florida, you got to beat them out of the water. And then, matchup alert, SMU, who's currently ranked 24 right now. Team up here in Dallas. If Cincinnati could just win that convincingly, and then, and then most liking, and then most likely they championship. If they beat them twice, then it's all theirs. And they can become the first group of five team to ever make it to the playoff. And honestly, they might become the only ever because they're going to the Big 12 in a few years. So that, but hearing about this, what are your, yeah, I, I, I like the part where you said it'd be a good, you know, slap into the face of the NCAA because sometimes their rules can be. Uh, pretty unfair, and yeah. and just not downright awful. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd love to see it, man. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. But uh, from there, we'll we'll go more into depth. Uh, the other 
the thing we learned this week in this are the two best teams in college football. Like, if honestly, if these teams went out and they play each other in the conference championship, in the SEC conference championship, and one team wins, I wouldn't even put who's where one, and then Georgia's number two. Like, if Georgia lost, I wouldn't even put Georgia further than two. Like, that would just show that they're just barely lesser than the number one team. Yeah. Which is what it should be. You know, so I, I, I'm i very surprised with these. Georgia and Alabama's got a lot of newcomers, and they're already great. And then Georgia, uh, they, got, they got some good guys, but, I mean, just not uh, big names this year. Yeah, they got JT Daniels, doppelganger, but <laughs> but they don't have big names like Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb like they had. They're just not as flashy, but they're still getting the job done, beating a number eight Arkansas 37 0. So it's going to be exciting to watch. There's still six teams that are undefeated in the top six. So there is wow. still a lot of football to be played. Oh yeah, and definitely. Like definitely, this week, one of those schools are going to be leaving with a loss. We're probably going to fly out the top ten, or not the top ten, the top six, I would say. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati's going to take their spot, as we said. But uh, yeah, they'd be watching those teams, Alabama and Georgia. I think they solidified their ticket, the championship, and a college football playoff berth. But uh, we'll. See. It's going to be fun to watch who gets in. The last two spots because Oregon just lost as well, and I had Oregon go after their victory against Ohio State, but now they're ranked lower than Cincinnati. So, see what happens. I've been saying it this whole time. Uh, we'll dive uh, uh, Thursday, and we might have a guest. This Who knows? We. To talk about this, because things are definitely heating up in the college football realm, and so are things in the NFL. We saw Tom Brady come home, put his team on his back, and won the won the game in his hometown, or not his hometown, but uh, where he began his career in New England. And they had that him and Coach Belichick had that embrace at the end, and just saying like, "Hey, we're not together anymore, but we're cool." <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but that's about it with uh, sports. And then just one more thing to add. We had the preseason start. Uh, the Lakers didn't do too well against the Nets. The Nets looked really good. They got this guy named Cam Thomas. I don't know if you've heard of him, Tommy. but Oh, Cam Thomas, yeah. I think he went to Kentucky. Am I right? Am I wrong? That's the guy, or... that's the guy in the interview who he sneezed and he went, bless you, thank you. He blessed himself, right? Yeah. I think I think so. I think no. no this guy went to okay. Actually, this guy went to LSU. Okay, I got so you. So he he looked incredible. He put Anthony Davis on skate. And he's on the oh, this is NBA. Oh. We're talking about the yeah. NBA. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were still talking about. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Quick little thing before he head out, but uh, yeah, he he looked pretty good in the preseason game. I know it's preseason, but he put Anthony Davis on skate. So, uh, he didn't break his ankles or anything, but he kind of like made him slip up a little bit. But yeah, uh, we'll dive more into NBA talk as the week progresses, and uh, 
the weeks go, go on, we're going to do a big, big pregame show on Thursday, the Thursday before opening night on Tuesday. Let's go. I think I believe it's October 26th this year. We'll have to double check that, but later part of October. But uh, get ready because hot this week is going to get a lot harder, hotter with NBA. Let me tell you all that. We'll be pl- having plenty of segments about like is t- is LeBron down? Is KD the best? Is Giannis overrated? All that is going to be discussed right on hot this week. So we can't wait to get to it, but. That wraps things up for this episode. Tommy, any closing thoughts? It's about it. It's about it, man. It's been a good one. Uh, very like that we kept it pretty short. Makes me happy. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very much so looking forward to the NBA. Also, uh, I was looking at some Dallas Stars tickets while you were talking, so we're definitely gonna have to do an NFL, spe- an NHL special, and I can yeah. go over that if that need be. Soon, right? now right yeah preseason it'll start in october um road to the stanley cup i'm pumped that's what i'm pumped for man is nhl but um dude yeah it's gonna be a great month for sports you got mlb playoffs nfl's in full swing nba stars nhl's going on a bunch of great movies hopefully some albums drop as well like we're we're really looking at potentially like one of the greatest years of our lives ahead of us like yeah. a lot, there's a lot of talk about 2016, 2017, like those years, but 2021, it's it's starting to hold up, you know. So it's starting starting to be big. Um, anyways, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. My name is Thomas Hicks, and I'm Brandon Matula. Matula, and we will see you guys Thursday. Bye, and we're off. <laughs>